Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSB Magazine. You're listening to a new The Hacker Factory podcast with hacker maker Philip Wiley. You're about to discover what the role of a professional hacker entails, the different specializations it holds, and what it takes to learn and become one. Enjoy the conversation as Philip and guests unveil the secrets of professional hacking a mysterious, intriguing, and often misunderstood occupation. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Wiley, the Hacker Maker. In each episode, I have a unique guest with their story on how they got started in offensive cybersecurity. And today I'm very excited to, to bring on my coworker, uh, Kirk Yawick. Uh, we've worked together, you know, a couple different times and I've been really impressed with his work ethic because, I mean, certification-wise, He's got a lot of certifications, so just his effort to learn the skill of pen testing is, is pretty impressive. So, uh, welcome to the show, Kirk. Hi, Phil. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're a father, a husband, and a pen tester, so I appreciate you taking taking time out of your busy schedule to, to share your knowledge with our listeners. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, about your background, and how you kind of got started? Okay. Uh, well, my name is Kirk Wa'iek. Um, from Hilo, Hawaii. Um, born and raised on, on the Big Island of Hawaii. And um, basically, I got my my start in it. Um, I went to school for IT at the local community college here. Um, I actually um, fell into it kind of by mistake, to be honest. Um, I was studying to be an electrician and uh, I had an opportunity to go with my, uh, my Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach back to his hometown of Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Um, the electrical program didn't want to let me go. So um, they had spoken and talked it over with my parents and they were like, Hey, you know, it's not every day you get to have somebody from Brazil to go back there with and, you know, kind of be your guide. So they said, oh, we, we think you should put school on the side for just this one time. So I did that. And um, when I got back, since I couldn't get back into the electrical program, I decided to just take a basic IT class uh, because um, I actually wasn't very computer literate. I, I, uh, when I was serving in the military, I could barely even check my email, let alone surf the internet. So uh, that was kind of strange how I ended up in that. But uh, once I was in that, I, I was just so intrigued as to what computers could do that um, I kind of continued on the on the path and um, eventually ended up in security. Very cool. So whenever you started out your your professional career, did you start out directly in security or did you work in IT or any other areas before you moved into security? Um, I worked in IT first. Um, I actually had moved uh, with my girlfriend at the time from from Hilo, we went up to Portland and uh, she was continuing her education up there going uh, for her grad program. And 
I was up there and I had just been introduced to network security. So I was taking classes at the local community college in uh, network administration as well as security. And that kind of opened my eyes to how big the field it re- you know really is. And um, so I, I finally got my foot in the door with, with the corporation and um, did corporate IT support for, I think it was about, about three or four years. And then um, they, they already knew my intention to go into security because uh, b- before I had even got the IT job, I had um, already gotten a, a couple forensics certifications. That was my actual path that I was intending was with forensics or incident response or, you know, along that lines. And um, I, I just kind of um, had my focus strictly on that, you know, so I, um, I gave up you know, vacations with, with the buddies to all these cool places. And I, and I used my vacation days from work to seek out these certifications. And, um, I, I just was waiting for an opportunity on the incident response team to open up when I was like, Hey, you know, what else can I be doing to better myself so that when a job opportunity does come along, they're like, Hey, we want that guy. Um, so I actually had, uh, listened to a talk by the pen testing team manager at the time. And I reached out to him and said, Hey, you know, I'm trying to get into incident response. And I think, you know, learning to do penetration testing might help me as a defender. So, you know, he, he was very, very accommodating and, and was like, Oh yeah. You know, any types of questions you have, just reach out anytime and stuff like that. But I felt like I had so much questions that I didn't want to be a burden upon him. So I took it upon myself to actually um, go and take the SANS G pen course. And uh, while taking that course, my mind was just blown and I was like, Oh my goodness, this is even more fun than the defender side. <laughs> so that really piqued my interest. And I was lucky. I um, Usually at the end of those courses, they have like a one day for capture the flag, you know, um, competition. And it just so happens that my team won the CTF on that, um, on that, for that class. And when I got back, I was like, Hey, check this out. I got this cool coin for winning the, the CTF. And that I guess is what really um, caught his attention. He was like, Hey, would you like to come out here and work with my team for a week? And I was like, are you kidding me? If you get an okay with my boss, I'm there. So, so that's kind of how I actually got my transition into security was, was from, from that. Very cool. And that's one of the cool things that you, you know, sometimes things don't go exactly the way people plan or think they're going to, but things turn out so much better. I mean, you know, mind you working as an electrician, that's, a pretty decent paying job nowadays and probably better than it was, you know, 20 or 30 years ago because there's less people getting in the industry, but you know, you've got to figure what you're doing is more safe than being an electrician. You know, you, you're not often going to, your risk of getting killed while doing a pen test is not much unless you're doing some physical pen testing and (laughs) very, very true. (laughs) Security catches you. So that's really pretty cool. A good lesson to show people that, you know, what you, you know, start out to do and it doesn't go as planned is, is, you know, sometimes a good thing. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you, yes. you're happy what you did. You got in and won that CTF got through the training and found that it was something that you enjoyed. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Really cool. <laughs> so what about your certifications? Cause I mean, you mentioned, I know you've got a bunch of certifications. So why don't you share with us uh, what sure. certifications you have? Yeah. Um, well, let's see. I started off with the, Certified Computer Examiner, the CCE certification, and that really is what opened my eyes to forensics. And I was like, "Wow, this is pretty cool! I didn't, you know, know all this stuff." 
And um, while I was um, waiting for an opportunity in the incident response team, um, I reached out to some of their workers. And um, at the time I was in Portland and they were up in near the Seattle area. So I, I just asked them, I said, hey, if I took some time off of work, could I come up and shadow you guys for a couple of days? And and they were ecstatic. They were like, wow, we don't normally get questions like this, but yeah, sure. So um, I, I got an okay from my manager and I took a couple of days off of work and drove up there and um, followed along with them. And um, I, I, you know, I expressed my interest in it. I said, Hey, you know, if you guys ever have an, an opening, I would love to, you know, transition to this. And um, it, it took quite a while for, for them to, you know, actually create something. So in the meanwhile, I, I um, asked them, Hey, what can I do to improve my chances of getting a position if, you know, one opens up and that's, the first time I heard of a SANS course. So they said, hey, SANS is a really good education. You know, though it's very pricey, um, it, it's, you know, some pretty good education. And it's, I guess, um, highly sought after, I guess, maybe in the industry. So I said, okay, cool. So next thing you know, I'm not going out to have a drink with friends and saving all the money I could, you know, scrounging everywhere I can and <laughs> living like a poor college student. And um, finally was able to save up enough money and, you know, along with help from family and stuff like that, I managed to get myself down to uh, one of their San Diego classes. And uh, that was for the GCFA, the Forensic Analyst position, I mean, uh, certification. So that, that was another mind-blowing opportunity that, that I um, took for a certification. And, you know, they really don't joke when they say it's like drinking water from a fire hydrant, right? It's just tons of information. Um, but once I was able to successfully get that, I, I was still waiting for an opportunity. And um, that's when it kind of dawned on me, as I mentioned earlier, that I was like, hey, if I learned how to be an attacker, that might make me an even better defender as well. So, um, again, same process, saved up my money and, you know, took a few uh, vacation days from work. And and this time I think I went to Arizona for uh, taking my GPAN course. Um, that, of course, was mind blowing. And um once I got back and, and you know, had, had that talk with the, the pen test team manager and actually went out there to work with, with a couple of his guys who are, who are still mentors to, to my day, uh, to, to this day. And uh, they're actually on the red team now. But um, I had a great time learning with them and, and, and stuff. So I just, um, I told him, I said, you know what, this is even more fun. So I think I want to stay on this path instead. So he actually really, you know, made the effort to create an opening on his team to, to bring me aboard, which I'm so grateful still to this day. Um, and, and then while, while I'm waiting for that opening, I was like, Hey, wait a minute. You know, we don't just do infrastructure pen testing here. We also do web apps. So that's what led me into even more certifications. I, I went for the GWAP, um, earned that. And, um, after that one, I had finally already transitioned over to the pen testing. So, you know, it was great. I was using my new skill sets and, just, just having an awesome time learning even more during work. And uh, I wanted to experience more of what else is out there because, you know, this is what I fell into, but I'm not sure if it's my niche, my niche or, you know, um, what other interests I may have. So that's when I, I sought out more certifications from Sounds. also. I got their uh, mobile device security um, analyst certification. Uh, what else did I get? I went for... I, I took the advanced course for the web app pen testing. That was, that was pretty cool as well. Some pretty amazing stuff going on. Um, and I even uh, decided to take the Python course too. I am not a coder 
by any means. <laughs> and I'm still trying to grasp the concept. But um, if I look at a script, you know, I, I can kind of get the gist of what's going on to, you know, try to improve it or maybe suit the tool for, for my particular needs. But um, that that's, you know, just trying to further my skill sets in, in the industry. And um, I, I even went for the Wi-Fi one. Um, I, I earned that one as well. So it's, it's just trying to expose myself to the different areas of pen testing and offensive security to see if there's, you know, one in particular that I maybe favor more than the others. Um, I haven't quite found one more favorable yet, but um, I am definitely enjoying being exposed to, to the different areas. So that's kind of the reason why I <laughs> went for so many certifications, just trying to get my feet wet, you know? Yeah, that's that's great. And, and getting all that experience, because, you know, when people are starting out, it's kind of hard to know what you want to do, because when I started out pen yeah. testing, I spent the first five years consulting. And one of the first jobs I worked at, I was on this one team for a year and a half or a year to eight months or something like that. And we were doing infrastructure pen test and application pen tests. But then they were going to have to start laying off from our department. So we moved over to the management oh, no. service, managed services team. So we got to keep our job, which was good. But we went to another group that we were just specializing in pen testing. So I stayed there for a little over a year. But I got bored because I didn't get to do enough infrastructure pen testing. And all we were doing was applications. So I made the move to go somewhere where I could do a variety because I didn't like just doing application Although, you know, mm -hmm. if I went back nowadays, if I was to specialize, I would probably do application because I've done so much infrastructure over the years. So that's that's really good that you got a wide range of exposure to that. And, you know, a lot of times people that are doing infrastructure don't realize how valuable learning the web app pen testing can be, even if you're not doing a web app pen test. Yes, yes, I totally agree. <laughs> totally agree on that. So yeah, you, there's so many times you run into consoles that are web-based that are running some IT function or some kind of mm -hmm. security software or something. So, so, so you mentioned that you'd have the coding class, the Python course, and you know mm -hmm. we kind of see from from your path that you went in, how kind of that you didn't have that scripting starting out. But yes. if someone's trying to get in, would you recommend that they learn how to script, or is that something that they could learn later on? Um. Well, it kind of depends on them, I'd say. Um, I did it because I wanted to hopefully get better, you know, and be able to craft my own tools. Um, and even though I, I, you know, earned the certification, I don't think I can craft my own tools yet. But um, as far as somebody new coming in, I would definitely say if if you find an interest in it, definitely, you know, acquire the skill set because it will help you. You know, it definitely will help you, um, but it's not required. You know, I, I still have trouble you know creating my own scripts and stuff so um it, it's not mandatory but it's definitely you know another tool in your tool belt if you ever need it which is definitely you know positive so well that's awesome so as far as someone's wanting to get started in to pen testing what would you recommend after you've had you've had your experience of how you got in so you know people that have been in the field for a while you kind of learn some things in hindsight so what would you recommend to someone that wanted to become a pen tester as far as education path, how to get their foot in the door and so forth? Um, well, for, for me, I would say from my experience, networking is the number one thing you need to do. Because for me, I have no friends in the field. 
you know, when I first got in and didn't know anyone at all that did this kind of work. So it was hard for me to kind of get exposed to it as well as get my foot in the door. So that's where um, I went the educational pathway, um, you know, started with my associates in IT, got uh, network administration and uh, security certifications from com community college. And um, at the time, I wanted something a little further to kind of ensure that when somebody looked at my resume that they would, you know, kind of want me. Um, so I, I wanted a undergrad degree. So I, I kind of searched, searched the web. And at the time, there was only one place that offered a bachelor's degree in computer forensics. And that was a Champlain college at, at the time. Um, I, you know, I just didn't want another associate's degree. So I wanted to, you know, take a step up. So that's why, uh, when I was working in the I corporate IT, I went to school full-time as well. And I earned my bachelor's degree. Um, one of my more prouder moments because I, I was, um, I wasn't that good in, in high school. I think, you know, as far as grade I mean, I was average student, but um, I managed to, I, I mean, I, I guess I was so determined and focused that I actually managed to graduate at the top of my class. And um, I, I was just, my parents were really stoked about that, you know? So anytime you make the parents happy, it's, it's a good feeling <laughs> after all their sacrifices for me, you know? So, and then um, after that, um, I, I felt like the education wise, um, at least I was covered. And then that's when I uh, started going more into the certifications because I want at, by that time, I realized that, hey, I want to I do pen testing. It, you know, it, it kind of uh, called out to me more, you know, besides the, the benefits of not having to be on call once a month and, and all that stuff. So I was like, hey, you know, I value my time with my family as well. So that's when I started focusing more on the certifications, um, specifically for offensive security type, type roles. And, um, but yeah, I, I'd say the biggest thing is, is networking, you know, um, I, I find it difficult for me. Like I, 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 a lot of times I don't have the same interests as a lot of people that grew up in, in um, IT type of uh, roles. But um, the longer I, I've been in the field, I'm starting to find a lot more people with the same common interests. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I am pretty normal. <laughs> There's other people with the same interests and stuff. So, uh, but, but yeah, I would say networking is, is a big one because um, nobody's going to know to reach out to you for an opportunity if they don't know about you. Yeah. So that, that was a, a big one for me. And, um, and that's why for me personally, I actually like going to the, to those live conferences, you know, you know, hopefully when, once everything settles down, I can get back into it. Um, but that, that was the biggest way that I started to get, I guess, a visual into the, the cybersecurity field. So I hope that helps someone. Yeah. It's one of the things <laughs> I, I love to hear it when people talk about networking. Cause one of uh, the episode from last Friday, the person I had on, uh, they went from being a pool cleaner to a pen testing job, you know, went from pool cleaner to six plus figures as a wow. penetration tester and a big key for them. A lot of it was networking because, you know, you're, you're working as a pool cleaner. It's not like you're going to be hanging out with a lot of security people and, you know, just exactly. you know, hang out with your peers. Yes. So the networking thing is big. So I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of people I see on LinkedIn that they're getting discouraged and that's understanding. It's not always easy to get in, but you have to be persistent. And just like you said, the networking piece, because if no one knows you or what you can do, you know, they're not going to be able to help you out. I mean, you get to meet people right. and, you know, they have job openings they'll share with you. And another thing I like that you did too is a lot of people think about networking, but they totally forget what's under their nose, the people you work with. So anytime mm -hmm. people you go to school with, network with those people, connect because, you know, they find jobs. I mean, just like 
opportunities opened up for you because you had an interest and you networked with the folks that you worked with and that helped you get your way in. So I think people often overlook, you know, the people that they meet through education or in the workplace. So that's great. So as far as, you know, in-person networking, so what other recommendations do you have for like your, are there any go-to networking platforms that you like to use for like virtual? Um, Well, I mean, what I really started um, following people, I guess, would be a, a better term for me. Um, I haven't really networked with them, but I follow them on, you know, it seems like cybersecurity is the biggest one for them is Twitter. So um, I, I created a Twitter account. Like this is basically back at my first SANS conference. They're like, you know, I guess trying to promote it. So they're like, oh, if you're on social media on Twitter, you know, use this hashtag to, you know, kind of signify you're at this event and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, okay, well maybe I should get a Twitter then. So created me a Twitter account. And I, I first started just by following, you know, the people that I knew were in the industry, you know, a lot of the teachers there. So um, I, I started doing that. And, you know, just from that, you start to be exposed by more and more people also in the industry that also follow them. And, you know, of course, that starts to fill up your feed. So that, that's a, a good way to go. Um, but other than Twitter, for me, I, I don't really um, have much of a social media platform for, you know, for cybersecurity. But I, I'd say that's the biggest one for, for me anyway. Yeah, it's, yeah, I agree. Twitter's, Twitter is a good one. I find a lot of my, uh, you know, resources and stuff through Twitter. So, you know, you got, I know you're a busy guy, you got a family, you got a full-time job. So, so how do you manage, like, continue to educate yourself, uh, trying to avoid burnout and those sort of things? Are there, you know, as far as not even burnout, are there activities you like to do that helps prevent burnout? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I totally agree with that. Um, I actually got close one time to, to burnout, to be honest with you. I, um, I was contemplating going into the, that SANS master's program and I ended up taking three SANS courses in a year. And after that, I was like, I mean, I was still was motivated, but I was like, man, Oh, okay. This is getting kind of tiring. So that's when, um, right about the time where I, I had just recently gotten married and we were expecting our first child. So, um, I thought, you know, as much as I love my job and love, you know, continue continuing my education and learning more and stuff like that i was like hey i need to find something that i can do away from the computer you know away from technology just kind of disconnect and stuff and um so my outlets basically are um martial arts and uh fishing i i I love fishing because um well basically it's kind of a family thing for me i um i come from a family of fishermen and, and divers you know just kind of watermen but um during my time growing up, I was kind of away from it because my dad was still building his boat. So I, I didn't get to fish as much as like my older brother, but that is like a, I guess a family legacy thing for me. So I love being out on the ocean, uh, being out on the water fishing. Um, but my other one is martial arts. Um, I, I've, let's see, my, my mom has had me in martial arts since I was four years old, basically. So I started out in judo. And then I, I think when I got into my early twenties, um, a local local boy in my town uh, became the first non-Brazilian uh, to win a world championships at the black belt level um, for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So that was kind of a, a big headliner in my in my my town. And I was like, oh wow, you know, here's this guy, same age as me, and you know, just small like me as well. But man, he's just smashing guys and and all this stuff in in mixed martial arts. So um, that kind of got me into jiu-jitsu as well. And I, I never realized how um, 
how they're very similar, the judo and jujitsu. So my, my judo skill sets actually helped me in my jujitsu. But um, that, that is another big one of my, my outlets um, besides the fishing is just my jujitsu. That's actually I've been doing it for like, oh, 21 years now. Wow. My goodness, time is flying. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time. So I bet it's pretty, pretty good for relieving stress, I would imagine, huh? Yeah, yeah, it is. And um, I was kind of surprised because, you know, I was thinking, okay, you know, jujitsu is going to be more, you know, athletic kind of, you know, jocks kind of, kind of guys, you know, ex, you know, football players or wrestlers and, and stuff like that. And I actually was surprised to slowly discover other people in information security that actually train jujitsu. So that was actually um, one of the biggest um I guess common things that we had in common um, with me and the the Pentest team manager at the, at the time, um, I, I went out to work with his his workers and um, I, I'm not sure how the oh they looked in my ears that's what it okay. was and they saw the cla- the cauliflower ears and I guess they were you know kind of instant messaging with the boss they're like wow his, his ears are kind of funny maybe or something <laughs> and so he said oh does he train jujitsu and so they asked me do you train jujitsu I was like oh yeah I do and so they're like oh what belt are you I was like oh black belt and they're like whoa <laughs> oh okay wow that's cool so so yeah that, that's um my other main uh i guess outlet is you know, fishing and the jujitsu so so how, how far did you get with the jujitsu did, did you compete um i did but um only locally i i, I didn't get to really um th- this is um in the early 2000s so it, there wasn't really much um competitions i mean there were some but but not a lot as as now it is um these days um with mixed martial arts um and the you know the ufc and stuff they really brought a spotlight to brazilian jiu-jitsu so now it's like everywhere you go there's there's an academy on the street corner or something and and you know all these kind of mixed martial arts events going on but at, at the time i didn't really have much options so I, I only had pretty much one place to train here and and it just so happened that he was a world champion as well so uh, you know i he brought in a lot of these world-class athletes that we got to train with as well. So we really benefited from that. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how martial arts, you know, back, I remember when I was, you know, going through high school and stuff that the stuff like karate and Taekwondo, all the punching and kicking stuff was kind of popular. And it's interesting to see how more of the grappling sports have really taken off. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of mind blowing for me because I mean, I growing up, I've, I mean, Judo, I would say, is more on the grappling end of the spectrum, but I was always a Bruce Lee fan. You know, maybe because I'm Chinese too, I'm not sure, but um, <laughs> he, he was always an icon to me. You know, I was like, wow, Bruce Lee, you know, so awesome, you know, and then you watch his old movies and stuff. And so it's, it's kind of funny that I gravitated more towards the, the grappling end of the spectrum. But, but yeah, I totally agree with you. When I was growing up, if you didn't know a striking art, you weren't cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very cool. It's interesting because I see all my, some of my, f- former powerlifting buddies and stuff that have kind of got out of competing in powerlifting and started doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and seeing all the interest in that's pretty interesting to see how that's really caught on. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is, is amazing. Um, pretty, pretty cool stuff. <laughs> so what, what other advice would you have for someone wanting to, to get into the industry that maybe we hadn't talked about yet, or I hadn't asked you a question on, maybe you can elaborate on that if you have anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would say best thing to do besides what we've already talked about with the networking and then, you know, educational and certification pathways is actually doing it. Um, th- that would, I would say would probably benefit, you know, them hands down. Uh, you know, they've got 
compared to when I first started, I I had such difficulty trying to find resources um, uh, providing information on this. But nowadays, there's a lot of um, alternatives, you know, besides the science courses, because like I said, the science courses are pretty pricey. Uh, most people only can afford to go if, if their you know, employer pays for them. But um, it, it can be difficult to try to try to get there. Um, but they got so much other stuff like Hack the Box and, you know, Cyberry and, and all these different um, Pentester Academy. You know, they, a lot of uh, different varieties for different, you know, people that can afford different price ranges and stuff like that. But I, I'd say hands down, you need to get your your feet wet and do do the do the work you know learn how to how to do scans learn how to exploit boxes and and you know things like that um i would say that would probably be the biggest uh, recommendation that that i would suggest yeah i like that because one of the things you see from from being a adjunct professor i used to run into people that went to four-year schools and like here in the dallas fort worth area one of the local colleges like for their CCNA course it said labs if time permits and the community college you did labs that was part of it you know labs were part of it mm -hmm. theory is important but getting the hands-on experience if you don't understand how to use the tools and and all that it's kind of yes. hard to really do the job yes I totally agree and and a big reason for that suggestion is um I, I'm pretty sure it's still this way, but when I was trying to get my foot in the door, it was so difficult because when I would search for, you know, job postings and stuff, entry level position required like three to five years experience. I was like, how is that an entry level position? <laughs> you know, I want to get the experience. So that's why I want the entry level position. And and that is the biggest reason why I, I say that um, they, they need to already know what's going on kind of thing. So, so get your, your, you know, your hands and feet wet doing the actual work, you know, I really like hack the box. Um, I, I just got access to, to that myself. So, um, you know, besides the sound certifications, keeping up with that, um, I really like the hack the box and that's pretty cool. My first exposure to it's so, you know, it's something new. So that's why probably I like it so much, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, being able to actually, you know, know the tools, know how to use them so that when you do get that entry level job opening that you can just kind of hit the, the ground running and, in my opinion, that is what will impress, you know, the people on the team, people, you know, management or whatever. They're like, oh, well, we didn't really need to help this guy out. He, he's already doing the work. He's, he's going going for it. So, you know, it, it shows, you know, focus and determination, I'd say, as well. So, Yeah, because too many times people know if you just got the theory that they're going to have to do a lot of hand-holding at first, teaching you the, the hands-on yeah. stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I mean, like, don't don't get me wrong, though. In in my opinion, it's a never ending process. You know, let's see, I, I've been doing this for five years now. And, and a lot of times there's many situations where I'm like, feel like a newbie because I'm like, wow, OK, I've never seen this before. And and that's that's when um I'd say kind of like jujitsu, you need to check your ego at the door. You know, even if you are good at a certain thing, you know, there's certain areas that you might not be so good in and not being afraid to reach out. To, to coworkers, to friends, to, to you know, to your, your mentors or anyone, you know, just not being afraid to ask, say, hey, you know what, I, I don't really know this, you know, could you maybe shed some light on this for me and, and stuff like that. Um, that, that is a, a big one, you know, is you know, no one's going to know everything. So don't be afraid to, you know, swallow your pride and say, hey, you know, what? I, I, I don't understand this. Can, can you explain it, you know, a little further? And um, I think that helps a lot too. And that's true too, because if you're working somewhere and you're, asking others for help and collaborating that makes for a better environment than, you know, just where everyone's got to know whatever figured out on their own. So 
it's yes, yes. It's always good to be able to ask for help. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's just, you know, like yeah. you said, check the ego at the door. I mean, you're going to be open-minded to listen to other people because, you know, it's, you know, I see people that are new into it and they're like, you know, I got nothing to offer. But one of the things I always tell people that are mentoring, you know, they've been doing this for a while is always listen to people just coming in because, you know, when you came in, there were certain tools and resources and, you know, maybe you've kept up with some things, but someone coming in brand new, they're going to find something that you hadn't seen yet. So you definitely want to keep an open mind. Yes, totally agree. <laughs> well, we are down towards the end of the show. And uh, if you have anything you'd like to share or say, or any shout outs or anything before we end, uh, go for it. Um, <laughs> well, just, just wanted to thank you for the opportunity to, you know, kind of share my story. Um, I didn't think it was a very interesting story, but, you know, maybe somebody else might, you know, be interested and maybe is kind of going down the same path. So, you know, um, maybe it'll help them. I hope it does. You know, if it helps just one person, that'd be cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, shout out, you know, to you, of course, and um, my team at work. You know, I, I always appreciate those guys. I learn, learn a ton from, from my coworkers. Um, and of course, uh, my family and parents, you know, because it, it, it's a, it's a, marathon you know like they say it's not a sprint so you know if you really enjoy doing this it's going to be a lifelong thing and the, as well as the learning lifelong so um I've, i'm fortunate to have had a very uh supportive uh family as far as my career and my, my, my aspirations and my goals so a big shout out to them for being so supportive in my endeavors that's great well, it's good to to learn some things about you that i didn't know i enjoyed the conversation and someone will get something out of this you know when we look at our own stories it may seem kind of boring, but when someone else sees it, you know, there's a lot of value there. So I'm sure someone, I'm sure many will probably get some good use out of your knowledge and your story. So thanks again. Yeah, yeah, no problem. And if anybody out there does find my story interesting and will, you know, has more questions or whatever, just um, hit me up. I, I am on Twitter. I'm, I'm not on there a lot and I don't post a lot, but, but I, you know, if you DM me or something, you know, I'm, I'm on there. So it's at Kirk, K-I-R-K-W-A-H-Y-I-C-K. So we'll be sharing sharing that in the show notes. So you'll be able to find Kirk if you want to reach out to him or follow him on Twitter. So thanks again, Kirk. And thanks everyone for joining. And we'll see you on the next episode. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast with Philip Wiley. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.